Hello and welcome to You Me and the Economy. The Indian rupee continues its free fall while the people's fight against hunger and inflation intensifies. As the global price of crude oil climbs down a bit, the government is rushing to retract windfall tax on crude oil exports. My name is Kavita Kabir and here is your weekly roundup of economy and finance. In a quick turnaround, the union government has cut windfall tax on crude oil exports. The government also exempted petrol, diesel and ATF from levy of duties if they are exported from refinery units located in the special economic zones. A windfall tax is imposed on a sudden and exorbitant increase in profits on a product owing to market conditions. Just 20 days back, the government had imposed windfall tax on crude oil production and fuel exports. With the crude oil surging above 50% in 2022, oil and gas companies like Reliance and ONGC were making windfall profits. The windfall taxes on domestic crude oil production and fuel exports would have generated close to US dollar 12 billion. It would have also trimmed down the profits of these firms. But given the corporate friendships of the government, a windfall tax was too good to last. At the first instance of crude prices easing down, the government has rushed to retract windfall taxes. Among the many feathers in the cap of the present regime, the newest is the rupee crossing the threshold of 80 per dollar for the first time ever in independent India. While the increasing inflation, GST demonetization and unplanned lockdowns have not let the economy take off, the crisis has also been aggravated by geopolitical factors. What started in Europe with the Russian aggression, the resultant soaring crude oil prices and the tightening of global financial conditions have all contributed to the free fall of Indian rupee. Foreign funds outflow from the country this year have been more than the combined inflows of the last 2 years. A falling rupee makes imports more expensive, thereby pushing up prices and still higher inflation. While the RBI it seems is ready to shell out a sixth of its foreign exchange reserves to defend rupee, there are those who believe that instead the RBI should stick to its mandated responsibility of tackling inflation. The real fear now is that once the rupee has breached the psychological benchmark of 80, a nosedive leading to a further fall may happen. This will lead to widening trade deficit and current account deficit. So no matter how robust the lions look on the new parliament house, the ones on the rupee are looking tamer. Every day our government is proving that environment is never its concern. In the latest, the National Highway Authority of India has cut down more than 1.10 lakh trees to build the Srinagar Ring Road. The trees include mulberry, apple, chenar and walnut trees, valued at 13.76 crore. It is reported that an additional 1200 trees that contribute to the valley's lush greenery will be felled in the coming days. Over 5000 trees would be cut down as part of a similar ring road project in Jammu. This data is from an RTI filed by activist Raman Sharma. NHAI has stated on record that no compensatory afforestation has been done so far and that it might be carried out at a later time. The state even went on to say that afforestation is not needed. Also no prior environmental impact assessments were conducted. 
The construction of Jaywar International Airport has been marred in controversies since the beginning. It is rumored to be India's largest airport with an expected capacity of 30 million passengers by financial year 31. All this needs land. The overall requirement is 5000 acres. For the second phase alone nearly 1185 hectares to be acquired from six villages affecting over 3000 villages. Many residents have disagreed to give their consent. Apart from poor compensation, the rehabilitation site does not even have the most basic facilities such as sanitation, electricity and water. The people who gave up their land in the first phase did not get any of the jobs promised by the administration so far. The price of the land has shot up in the last 3 years since the project started. Yet the residents are being offered compensation at the old circle rate of 2016. To register their dissent, thousands of farmers gathered at Jaywar Airport site in Noida and decided to obstruct the construction of the airport. On the international front, the International Monetary Fund is set to cut its global economic growth outlook substantially in its next update. The finance chiefs grapple with a shrinking list of options to address the worsening risk. Surging food and energy prices, slowing capital flows to emerging markets, the ongoing pandemic and a slowdown in China make it much more challenging for policymakers. It is shock after shock after shock. said the IMF's director for strategy policy and review it should be noted that the IMF already downgraded its outlook for the global expansion this year to 3.6% from 4.4% before the war in ukraine surprisingly this conversation took place during a sunday panel at the g20 meeting bank indonesia as the host nation for the g20 meeting has become an outlier in keeping its policy rate at record low Governor Perry Warzio has defended that view, saying that tightening too soon could risk plunging the country fresh out of a pandemic-driven recession into stagflation instead. Meanwhile, we are yet to see if central banks from eurozone to Japan can resist the global urge for aggressive monetary tightening led by the US Federal Reserve. Similar to the European Union, Political leadership in India positioned natural gas as a partial bridge fuel for the move away from other fossil fuels to renewable energy sources. Over the last decade, India has increased its dependence on natural gas, both as a source of energy and of material. That may prove to be an unwise decision. Many of us would have experienced this firsthand with piped natural gas for domestic cooking, being supplied across several Indian cities and towns, from households to automobile refueling stations and industrial clusters. Large investments, more than 60 billion dollar by some estimates, have been made on its infrastructure these investment decisions were made around the year 2015 when natural gas was priced at us dollar 5 per million british thermal units and abundantly available today not only has the price increased 13 fold to us dollar 65 per million but also the availability itself is not guaranteed due to the russian invasion of ukraine the eu countries are likely to outbid us for supplies from countries other than Russia. At the same time in the recent past we have seen suppliers of Russian natural gas 
defaulting on supply of at least five shiploads of LNG. If this trend continues, the risk of this immense infrastructure going unused will increase, thus creating the next NPA crisis for the Indian banks. Heavy rains in Maharashtra caused havoc in many places, causing flash floods, destruction of crops and dams and lakes overflowing. A major disaster happened at Koradi Thermal Power Plant on 16th July 2022. A part of the ash pond of the 47-year-old power plant breached and the fly ash along with water gushed into farmlands, rivers, houses, water resources and so on. The extent of its impact is yet to be assessed. The power plant has been in the news for quite some time for its violations of environmental laws, impacts on farmlands and health of the communities in which it is located. The ash pond has been constructed on Kheri water stream. The ash dike was not lined with a coating to prevent leaching. The expert appraisal committee that visited the power plant in 2019 also noted that there was no HDPE plastic lining in the ash ponds. The fly ash utilization details have not been uploaded on the Mahagenko website after that. Despite these violations, the plant was granted terms of reference for environmental clearances on 26 June 2020 for expansion by 2 into 660 megawatt. In a webinar organized on July 19th, on the occasion of 54th Bank Nationalization Day, economist Jayati Ghosh, former Minister of Finance Kerala Dr. Thomas Isaac, and the President of All India Bank Officers Confederation Murali Sundarajan reflected on 50 years of bank nationalization and analyzed the union government's push to privatize profit-making public sector banks. The speakers made it amply clear that privatization of public sector banks was not based on sound economic logic, nor served to fulfill social objectives. Organized by the Centre for Financial Accountability and People First, the webinar was chaired by Thomas Franco, former General Secretary of All India Bank Officers Confederation, and moderated by Dr. Surbhi Kesar. You can watch a recording of this webinar with the link in the description box. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more news and analysis, head to our website www.senfa.org and keep listening to Yumi and the Economy.